Hey, everybody. Really great show this morning. We discussed the relief rally or the dead cap bounce, whatever you want to call the small pump in the NFT space that's going on right now. You're seeing bored apes, mutant apes, crypto punks, fidenzas, art blocks, uh, all pumping a little bit, uh, as well as some of those manipulated pump and dumps uh, that we discuss on the show, too, that happened over the weekend. We also discuss V1 crypto punks versus V2 crypto punks and whether V1 punks will have any value long term. We touch on the other side, specifically Codas. We're joined by Spotty Wi-Fi and Illita Producer uh, discussing Codas. They're both Coda owners, um, and we talk about some of the different things to look out for with Other Deed. Uh, well-rounded show today. Had a lot of new speakers. It was a good time. As usual, this content is sponsored by FTX. Sign up at thenifty.com slash FTX or with the code thenifty on your FTX mobile app. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. It's Monday. This is the NFT Morning Show, your source for all NFT market trade talk. What projects are winning? What projects are swimming with sharks? And who's making wins in the NFT market? I'm P.O. I'm here with my co-host, Nifty Nick Signal. Captain Kicks, now King Kicks, it looks like. And Easy Eats Bodega, as well as two of our badass speakers, Micah G and Spencer Gordon Sand. Uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in. We're going to get right into it. Uh, before I go any further, Nifty Nick, how are you? Yo, I'm really ready to get going today, P.O. I'm really excited. Thank you for asking. Really appreciate it. Man, I'm feeling good. Well, that's what I'm talking about. I mean, I... Hey, real quick. Yeah. Announcing the one and only King Kicks, formerly a captain, now a king. He is entering. Well, actually, I guess maybe we are entering to observe him on the throne. <laughs> King. Yes, 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 hello. Thank you for coming to that. <laughs> Are you being like fanned by big leaves and fed grapes while you're laying down kicks? Is that what's going on right now? No, I'm a European king, not an Egyptian one, Sire. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> what does a European king do? I eat lots of uh, porridge and I hunt boars. <laughs> porridge? What I thought it sounds like you, you dude, you gotta upgrade your king life, man. I'm gonna be honest. Like, how about like all how do you the go food? to a doctor? Uh porridge makes you live longer. <laughs> okay. I thought you were... I don't know. The peasants do die earlier from what I've been observing, but we'll see. <laughs> well, I can't wait to dig into King Kicks, and obviously, uh, that's a reference to his King Moonbird. What a pickup! That thing is badass. Uh, can't wait to learn more about that. Signal, an actual European. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm good. It was funny. I asked Kicks when he bought his bird, "What's the longest he's owned an NFT, and which one?" And he said it was an an ape and the longest he'd owned one was two and a half months and so i said to him may your moonbird rain more than two and a half months because mm. it is a fabulous moonbird and i feel like it should have it should be there for longer than two and a half months it's really I, good yeah so it'll be gone in about six weeks <laughs> <laughs> Sure it will. He, his, he, he's really good at strategy uh, for six weeks. So then uh, after that, it's like, oh, look, the floor doubled. Yep, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, dear listeners, Kix is taking offers on it right now. <laughs> <laughs> King Kix, do you have any comments? 
Um, what they said is accurate. <laughs> <laughs> the, the character lasted just as long as the time horizon on the trade. Okay, well. I mean, uh, if you could keep this one, I, honestly, dude, like, just hold on to one for the love of God, man. Fuck like, that. Just... Make your money. If this 2X is, floor the hell out of it. Attack the floor. This is what prevents us from putting kicks into branding because, you know, they, they see my PFP, they know that. They see Nick's uh, PFP, they know that. And then Kicks is like, well, why didn't you put mine in? And I'm like, dude, because it disappeared after 10 days. Well, now he has one that, I mean, I guess theoretically we should hurry up and make a piece of art and uh, include his P. Do you get IP rights to your bird? I'm assuming you do. That's a good question. King Kicks, did you look into that before you pulled the trigger? No, but uh, I don't think you do. <laughs> Wait, you don't? That would that seems weird. Like I feel like it's just common at this point. If you have one of the collectibles that you can do what you want with the uh, you you clearly can't use the Moonbirds brand as we observed from the AI uh, Moonbirds. You can't um, use the name. Which, I mean, makes sense. I mean, you also can't use the board ape name, though. Right. Yeah. That's the one and part you can't of board use, apes. Yeah. You're supposed to not be able to use a skull, but I've seen other people push the limits of it. And it does feel arbitrary with the, um, how it's enforced. I remember I had a, a blog, which, is, which the name literally had Facebook in it. And I had people message me all the time. They were like, yo, I got a takedown notice from Facebook to get rid of my site. Like, what did you discuss with them? And I'm just like, yo, no comment. Like there's no, like, there's no, I'm just praying that they don't do anything, which seems like some people definitely have pushed the limit with the, uh, board ape, uh, name. Although I've never seen anyone say like board ape yacht club in their brand. So it's been like bored or I, I also thought it was interesting. Jenkins, the valet, uh, did their, there was like a, where's board Waldo style puzzle. Oh, okay. did, did you see that there was like a puzzle? Yeah. And then it, the, the actual Board Ape Yacht Club is in the middle of that picture. And I thought that was really interesting to be able to just like put that wholesale in the picture. Anyways, th that's, that's all just to point out the fact that um, it, uh, like, it's, it's arbitrarily enforced in terms of um, what can and can't be done. And Jenkins Valley at this point is... Uh, one of the largest brands uh, coming out of Port API Club. Yeah, uh, I was, just real quick, sorry, that I was going to say, um, so I own the domain name, uh, BoardApeVC.com. I was trying to do some cool stuff with that, and I reached out to them like very early on, and they were pretty clear about, like, no, you can't do something with BoardApeVC and, like, have it be kosher under our guidelines. So that's actually been a nice thing, is that if you reach out to the Board API Club, um, they will get back to you either on Discord or email so, and let you know if it's kosher, what you're trying to do with their brand or not. The way that I've historically approached that is then I just say, yo, here's the image I made and I'm selling it as t-shirts. Let me know if that doesn't work. <laughs> and, I just, and I just proceed forward. Um, but they do say like that you need to have the number. So if you have, if you use base C, you need to put the number of your ape in it. But then it's like, there's, there's no clarity of the like, okay, cool. I put the number on the inside of the t-shirt. Does that matter? Oh, it needs to be like, uh, yeah, there's, there's, uh, that's the most, uh, an extreme version of it, but I've definitely see, seen people, uh, push the limits, especially with the skull. There was like a merch company that was making shoes and stuff that had just straight up the board, a skull on, 
like just on the shoes. And I thought that that was interesting. Are you talking about the artifact shoes or are you talking about a different no, company? It was some other, it was some random thing. I, I haven't seen them since. I mean, there were a lot of people, everyone, the most ob- low, the lowest hanging fruit when everyone's like, you get IP is everyone suddenly makes merch. I did the same thing. I was selling for to, to apes like different custom t-shirts and things like that for a moment. And I was just like, this isn't, this isn't worth it. Like, it's just not fun. Um, it doesn't spark joy, as they would say. <laughs> well, my guy Franelations partnered with Nikki Diamonds, Diamond Supply Company, and sold uh, his board ape on T-shirts that were in Zoomies. So you're talking about like a national retail, like mall brand type of thing. I mean, I, I think you can call Zoomies that. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously, like there, because that's like a pretty corporate approach. So that must have been kosher with Board Ape Yacht Club, but it definitely didn't have the logo. It didn't have Board Ape on it. And uh, if if he pops up sometime this week, we should ask him if he put the number of his Board Ape on the shirt and where he put it, because that's interesting it's, to me. It's interesting that Moonbirds doesn't have. Oh wait, maybe they do. Uh, here we go. Terms of sale. So this is where it has. Um, uh, I'm gonna end up looking into this because I was like, what? When you first look at the website, it's not clear that you uh, scroll down. It says. Uh, I don't know. They have a whole area on. So the proof names and logos are trademarks of proof. Um, but it doesn't say personal use subject to your continued terms. You have a worldwide royalty free license to use, copy and display the digital art represented by your moonbirds um, for non-commercial use. Commercial use, uh, you can use it um, would be like T-shirts and stuff. Uh it doesn't say anything. It doesn't appear to have a cap on it, which is what um, previously there was some saying like CryptoPunks had like a two hundred thousand dollar limit or something like that. Uh, but that ended for up for how much profit you could make or revenue or or, or that was the case on MeBits, I think is actually what it was. But now uh, Board API or Yuga Labs has switched those terms, so it's a hundred percent. I mean, to be clear, most people do not in any significant way utilize the ip if they're nft like they just don't uh and for us like we have ours in our in our nft but like it seems it's still subtle like you're not buying it because my ape is in our nft yeah thomas dubois shout out to thomas uh did an incredible job of putting our pfps onto the wall of graffiti on our nft brilliant job there so shout out to thomas spotty wi-fi in the crowd has made use of his crypto punk branding an entire persona business you know he's just basically a musical icon at this point let's be real uh surrounding the punk and i mean i feel like you know you're gonna see some deeper um utilization of the ip of these different nfts um you know, as time goes on, that, that, that's my, you know, that's my prediction. Um, but already off to a juicy start with this show. This is fantastic. Monday morning, wake the fuck up. If you're listening to this right now, uh, I'm going to throw to Sig for the weather report. Nick, did you want to add something before I do? Mm, I'll just wait till after. All righty. That's what I'm talking about. Nick's got a, a bullet in the chamber or whatever they say. Uh, Sig, how's the weather? Yeah, well, where I am, it is fantastic. Europe is into full summer we're talking 28 30 degrees which in your world i think is like 100 fahrenheit i think what anyway, the hell uh, 
okay, maybe I got it wrong. Maybe that's too high. A <laughs> hundred degrees? You're like, it's 140 no. degrees. It's a literal <laughs> desert out of here. People are collapsing in the streets. Uh, are no, you in I Belgium mean, or are you in Phoenix? No, it, sa- it says 87 degrees from what I looked Sorry. up. Although on Sorry. Monday, it'll be 102. So you, are, you aren't off. And Wednesday is 97 uh, where you're located. So that's interesting. Sorry, I got my Celsius Fahrenheit wrong. Let's go check the weather in the market. How we're doing there? So, today, folks, Monday the 11th of July, overnight volume open sea is steady at 17 million. So we continue to be in these high teens. On the leaders, you got apes at 99.9, mutants at 20, punks have leapfrogged up their beneath. Uh, whilst moonbirds have moved closer to 30th, and doodles and clonex are holding steady. On the weekend, it was a Yuga Labs weekend. Punks and apes with the highest sales volume. Maybe something's cooking in the punk lab because punks were 68 on Friday and now they're at 77 ETH. Art season continues. Fedendas were flying at 90 to 100 ETH a pop and everything X copy ran up. You got Grifter sitting above mutants and Max Payne holding that one ETH floor. Then it's back to Yuga. Was it always the dogs? always has been kennel dogs flew on a weekend with no specific announcement they sat at six ETH for a long time and then suddenly pumped up to nine ETH floor and have been sitting in the eight to ninth for now and it was sunny in the middle east over the weekend the saudis caught the attention of the space with drama and a high floor price that collection went up to 1.7 ETH but it's now back down to 0.8 ETH we'll see if it can rebound onto the crypto markets we've got BTC at 20.5k ETH at one point uh, sorry 1147 so crypto has given back some of its gains and is trending back down to key support levels and overall end of last week we saw some rare sales coming back across the top collections and now the leaders are slowly catching that momentum. Art continues to be a safe haven for those seeking diversification and select mints with enough hype and attention are easily breaking the one ETH barrier. So for now, the 24-hour forecast continues to be those steady wins, but we are seeing some spots of sunshine. Back to you folks. Absolutely dazzling weather report signal as usual. That one was particularly good if I do uh, say so. Uh, King Kicks. You have your hand raised. Is there something you wanted to add to the weather report? I'd be curious to know what you think about the volume in the NFT space, but go ahead. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, volume's pretty good. Um, I mean, you know, flat is good, but um, I, I think that uh, it, it's it's really interesting in, in profile picks because I actually, it, there's, and I guess the same is in stocks and stuff like that, but there's just a certain, you know, percentage of people that, are just going to refuse to sell below a certain level. And since you can't short NFTs, it's really hard for NFTs to go below certain support levels as a, as a result. So I think that over, over the last, you know, call it three or four weeks, a lot of these floors have um, held up uh, very well. I've been, I've been like pretty impressed by it, you know, especially um, board apes they've done, uh, th- that whole ecosystem has done um, pretty phenomenally. Um, me bits are up to six ETH, so uh, th- you know that is that is the ugly uh, forgotten stepchild of Yuga Lab. Uh, I will let everyone know because no one even mentions me bits when we're talking Yuga Labs, but you know those things are quietly up to six. Um, so uh, enjoying that. Um, can't wait for Saudis to go to complete zero. Um, just, just textbook crypto Twitter <laughs> manufactured hype pump and dump project. 
Um, and I know it because it's the exact same thing that happened with PXN. And I got caught up in PXN. Exact same thing. But lower, uh, effort. Super- lower effort than PXN. Yeah, exactly. Lower, lower effort and almost went to the same like the same levels in terms of, uh, you know, price action. Um, and yeah, but I mean, that that's I, I've I'm starting to just swallow my 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 words on these things because it's just going to happen in the NFT space, just like it happened in the crypto space. There's always going to be these, you know, these these pumps and dumps and stuff like that. And I'm sure there's some people that legitimately enjoy the projects, not going to dunk on it. Um, but, uh, yeah, overall, I think that, you know, NFTs are, are, are doing uh, quite well. So um, I'm happy. Hell yeah. Dude, King kicks. Oh, go ahead, Nick. The, those floors are looking uh, quite juicy at the moment, especially the punks one. I'm feeling very good about that uh, purchase. But the yeah, yeah, I noticed you uh, kind of ghosted me. Oh, on, so, uh, no, no, no. We still need to have a conversation about that in the midterm. Uh, term, sorry. Hear ye, hear ye. <laughs> it is King Kicks himself. Uh, he did not receive another proper introduction before before uh, he spoke. <laughs> I so have I, I, received I found... an inquiry to the punk sale. <laughs> I, have... <laughs> I have received an inquiry. <laughs> so, uh, in terms of the other thing I saw, and I don't know if anybody saw this. Um, so this came out, I was reading uh, in the Wall Street Journal there was, um, and yes, uh, I do happen to be a subscriber to the Wall Street Journal uh, on my iPad. Um, in terms of, uh, so I hope you all respect me in a more significant way now. But uh, <laughs> I think so, you're way smarter than I did 30 seconds ago. Wow. Okay, I appreciate that. So I was reading this article and they were calling out, um, what was it? Uh, they were calling out um, the Celsius situation and the article tried to suggest that basically... Uh, that Finn, oh my God, I'm blanking on that, Kefi, uh, which was the OXB1, man, uh, team, the team managing OXB, uh, the OXB1 account, um, had actually lost $350,000 or something, or sorry, $350 million or something like that. Um, through trading, like through bad trades? Yeah, so there's, uh, there's this, what appears to be an anonymous uh, in- crypto intelligence company called Arkham, uh, Arkham Intel. And, uh, uh, but so they posted on July 8th. And I don't know what, like, whether or not they like front ran this lawsuit or what happened. It sounds like they had exposed uh, OXB or they had doxed OXB1 in advance of him actually filing this lawsuit. So I, I'm a little fuzzy on the sequencing because there's some debate over it. Um, but they wrote this whole report, uh, which was ahead of that lawsuit occurring. So they had this information beforehand, I guess. And th- their on-chain analysis uh quoted basically was used by Wall Street Journal to say that they lost $350 million. So, uh, and, and that was used, I saw another article that was saying, that basically tried to phrase it as DeFi DGen oversees Celsius account or something like, or entrusted, <laughs> entrusted uh, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars to some DeFi DGen. And I it's, just thought, It's not totally wrong. <laughs> it, it was just interesting to see the wording on this and and the fact that the, that's how the wall street journal was picking it up 
And it's also just interesting to me, the question that I had asked before, and we don't need to discuss this all day, like I, this was just a little piece of information. Um, it's interesting to me that that account now seems like just tainted. Apparently, the OXB1 account was created in 2020, uh, in December of 2020, according to Arkham Intel. And so, I, well, I guess you could just like go, go to Twitter to figure that out. Duh, uh, I should have done that. Um, but the, uh, yeah, so actually it doesn't show the date on there. Um, November 2020, not a specific date. If you oh, there the you go, on November the page. 20, yeah. So it's interesting that they, uh, so he started that account was active on it and then like, but knew that, uh, and apparently there was one other piece of thing, piece of information that this report said was that a key five was actually acquired by Celsius in 2020. And so that's where I just have like an immense amount of confusion about the situation. But the fact that there's just conflated information at this point, uh, and it was just interesting to see. So now you got one side essentially and I don't know if Arkham Intel is like, you know, some shady company that's doing uh, uh, like reverse sort of dirty PR, you know, to like counter the signal coming from KeyFi, which has their lawsuit going on. So you never know in this situation, um, but because there's only two reports that Arkham Intel has done, uh, they did this report and then they did and then they did a on June, oh, June of last year. They did a, a thing on, so, okay, so it wasn't that recent, internet computer. Nick, uh, imagine you're just like a pension fund, like you're Chicago's, um, like Chicago's. Police and firemen's pension fund? Yeah, police and firemen's pension fund. And you, you had put in like $5 million in the Celsius and you're going through like the bankruptcy proceedings. And then they're like, okay, uh, we've sent you your allocation. Uh, it's in your OpenSea wallet, and they're like, "Wait, what?" And I'm like, "Yeah, go check it out." And it's this fucking ugly ass mutant ape that they bought for like three million dollars, and like that's like what you get back for your your pensions allocation into Celsius is just that, a, that'd a be hilarious. It, <laughs> it would also be incredible if some, one of the uh, one of the people at that fund suddenly just started flexing with that with that mutant and it was like, "Yo, this thing is dope." We're not the head, selling yeah, this. Yeah, the head of the pension fund like updates his Facebook profile pic. He's going to the barbecue. The, we're, we're, the, the pension fund tweets out, you know, I'm not talking to anyone with a PFP under 100K. <laughs> <laughs> I don't go to any pension conferences with people without PFPs under 100K. I mean, I'm sure I'm, I'm sure a pension fund did not invest that much in Celsius. That would be my assumption. But if they did, uh, it would probably be an amount that was relatively negligible in the grand scheme of things. But who knows? Can they legally even do that? Is that something you can do? Because I thought crypto was like kind of off limits for yeah, a lot of Yeah, probably. I think it is actually, yeah, at this point. Yeah, institutions. That's why, they invest in the, that's why they invest in the companies. You know, if you guys ever watched the big short, man, the pension funds, no. they were all about those, you know, CD, CDB, D, EFG, you know. No, they're, no, they're LPs in, in venture funds. They would never be uh, direct investors in startups. Like they, they, there's no like you don't go and pitch your startup for like a five hundred thousand dollar investment from some like multi billion dollar. Uh, in some cases, I think they're even trillion dollars, but multi billion dollar um, pension fund. There's no way that that would uh, that that would ever go down. But it would be a funny story, or it is a funny story if that were uh, real. 
to have it to have them rocking a mutant. Anyways, we don't need to get hung up on Celsius. I just thought that that information was um, interesting. You can check it out. Their Twitter account is Arkham Arkham Intel, A R K H A M. Uh, saw that this morning. Are they brought Cel- Batman by chance? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> I'm just wondering if they were run by Batman. Seems like with their pursuit of crime. Yes, I, I d- that is my understanding. <laughs> Sounds like exactly. it too. I, I feel like that's just Batman's investment arm. Okay. Well, anyway, or, or news periodical. Um, so anyway, uh, I saw Node raise his hand. Then we'll throw to Eddie. Then we'll throw to Spencer. Node, uh, we were talking about the fine art side of the NFT space on Thursday, and since then, uh, you know, one of your favorite projects, Fidenza, has uh, run a little bit. W- what's going on, Node? We love the Fidenzas, man. Just that <laughs> name alone. That name alone is why they pumped so hard. Uh, I called it Fidenza, and Node corrected me immediately and said, you have to say it with a phony Italian. You, you have to say this made-up Ital- fake Italian word with a fake Italian accent. You, so I wanted to... You could have made more Italian than, than Pio if you, if you asked, you know? It's like Fidenza. <laughs> like, it's like such a beautiful name. I mean... <laughs> By a guy named Tyler Hobbs that has glasses and is probably from, like, Indiana. All right, anyway, go Dude, <laughs> Two months ago, one sold for 39 ETH, 44000 Now you could turn around and sell that for I, over $100. We should have... Should have bought. Should have bought. No, um, I just I think we're in a, a mini a mini little mini little NFT bull run. So I had last week I had my mute um, a mutant listed and a doodles listed a little bit above floor, and they both sold like on the same day. Uh, and then and and then I saw you know uh, I guess it's King Kicks, the artist formerly known as Captain Kicks. He you can just me call buy... me Kicks, my lord. Okay, Kicks. <laughs> yes, yes, sir. Uh, he. He told me uh, via Twitter as financial advice to buy a MeBit, so I immediately did, and now I'm up 1.5 ETH. So thank you, sir, King Kicks. I think we're in a little bit, a little bit of a mini resurgence here. Or is it a dead cat bounce? No, man. I've 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 outlined my thesis, which is NFTs are are exciting and fun during a bear, whereas regular crypto is boring AF. So I think. I think we're still going to just hang out here. Maybe maybe not a full on, you know, massive rally, but uh I yeah, I just I don't see it unless unless overall crypto dumps another, you know, 50-70%, but even then I think our I think our little NFTs hold pretty well. I mean, you've there've been a couple people uh on Twitter like uh, Eric Connor who's like an an Ethereum OG and uh and Chris Bernisky again, like they keep saying they're surprised at how well NFTs are holding up. And I, I kind of just think like if you've been involved in the space, it's not that surprising because uh, we're all having a good time still. Like we're all still pretty active. So that's my that's my thesis. Hopefully, hopefully I'm not wrong. Yo, wag me. <laughs> wag hopefully. me united, baby. Let's go. <laughs> we're going to find out. We're going to see uh, if our NFTs pump. I mean, that's good to hear that, you know, your me bits are going up. Fidenza's over here cooking. Uh, Eddie. You have your hand raised. You're a Moonbird holder. You're a th- you're an ambassador from the 333 Club. Zeneca is going to be coming on this show on Friday. Thank you for assisting with the intro there, Eddie. Uh, and we're going to push to get him booked for YouTube for next week. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Shout out to Zeneca. Uh, but yeah, what's going on, Eddie? You have your hand raised. Yeah, man, absolutely. And uh, just to build off that a little bit, um, first off with the Fidenzas and the Chromie Swiggles, I think it's less so of like a general NFT bull run more so of a like a generative art bull run uh specifically coming from art blocks so i've heard a lot of people are absolutely cooking on there 
Um, so that's one thing that I'm keeping track of. But the other thing I wanted to note was I think a lot of people buy into the Mebits as like a, a sub 10 ETH exposure point to like a punks type asset. But my question is like, if we're talking punks and if we're talking sub 10 ETH, how do we feel about the V1 punks? Because for instance, when the punks went on their, their little rip from, I think like 60 to 90 ETH or so, which is like a, a 1.5 X or so they, um, the V1 punks went from like four to 10, which was more than a two X. So if you're just looking for pure, like profitability, it seems like V1s are almost a better option. Plus, I've heard the V1s and the V2s, like the traditional punks, are actually like fairly close. A lot of people are actually, you know, working with both ends of those, um, uh, with both projects fairly closely. So I'm just curious if we had any thoughts on on those. Any opinions? What do people think of V1 punks? Uh, like for me, it's not, you know, not my cup of tea. Uh, mm -hmm. Nick? I actually... There's like a theoretical um, aspect of this where people are like, oh, these are like, there's still a collectible aspect of it. Um, is this the, uh, or I'm trying to f see which, yeah, this is uh, CryptoPunks V1 on OpenSea. So the floor on that is 7.43. I've actually been thinking about those uh, recently, just in the sense that I'm interested to, well, I'm interested to see what happens. Um, I don't, uh, I don't like them as much as obviously the. I guess you call it V2 punks, but uh, the bottom line is they were the first ones to be released. It's kind of like, Nick, what would be what? Do you collect pennies? <laughs> do I collect? No, I don't. Aren't the most valuable pennies the misprints? Uh. Well, maybe they are then. So, uh, maybe the new ones are the misprints of the punks, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. <laughs> the king has spoken. The king I don't, has I, spoken. I, I, I don't, I don't know that I agree with you, King. I don't like. Uh, it feels like it's this again this forced narrative that that people are trying to push. Like uh, similar to was it Crypto Skulls and Leonidas? Like I just feel like. They're trying to they're trying to turn this into something, and it's all. I mean, I guess it's kind of always been about the money, but but uh, it, this is not. It's not like the artists were like, "Hey, here's our, you know, here's our here's our original stuff that we did." Like they're they're working on something. It got released, and then they were like, "Okay, this there had some errors. We're going to put this out the right way." Um, so, I mean, for me, I, I'm not a huge fan, but I guess you know people can buy what they want. So, um, yeah, you would you would. Yeah, exactly. Easy, easy, and I go to the uh, misprint penny convention, and I uh, just want to let you know, Node, you ain't getting any free drinks there with that attitude. <laughs> Good thing I don't drink. So, <laughs> no. Oh damn! <laughs> oh damn! <laughs> that was a big burn on the uh, the king. Uh, Node is a biased punk holder, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I am also. I mean, clearly V two is far superior, but. Part of me is inclined. There's a there's an inherent risk, right? Like the, the and the risk, in my opinion, is narrative risk, where um, you never know. Like there, you don't know what's suddenly going to end up uh, trending, and it's obvious that this is one that has the potential of it. When I look on OpenSea, they don't look as cool, uh, even though they do look similar. The way that it's presented, for whatever reason to me, just doesn't stand out the same. Maybe it's identical. I have no idea. For some reason, I, I 
it's, it's a thing for me. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that it's, uh, it's, it's interesting to me and I actually have considered purchasing one just as a sort of call it narrative risk exposure that people are telling like, these things are great. Well, yeah, we just need to get Polly on it and it's going to go. Oh God. Well, I believe in this more than random ass, you know, NFT project that people decided is historical. You know what I mean? Like I believe in the, at least this is Larva Labs. CryptoPunks version one. So, I mean, I don't know. Like, it, the, the thing is, is, is 7.43 ETH cheap if punks end up, con- you know, a lot of people believe that punks will, you know, be like seven figure assets, right? Over like a five year time horizon. So, does, or, or a 10 year time horizon, a 15 year time horizon. Does that mean that 7.43 ETH right now in 2022 is incredibly cheap for the V1? Right. Like it's just I would bet on this before betting on even something like curio cards, quite frankly. I mean, look, it, it depends. It's hard to say, but uh, it is by Larva Labs. Right. Uh, Eddie, you just raise your hand. What's going on? And yeah, just to clarify, who's not to anyone who's not aware, the reason why the V1 punks and V2, like the, the traditional punks exist is because the V1 punks had an issue where if they were resold, Let's say you resold it for an ETH, it would immediately refund the one ETH to the buyer. So they were just like free transfers, pretty much. So they had to be reprinted um, as the V2s, and you know now you have the the punks as you know them. But that was like that was essentially the reason for their um, failure and needing to be wrapped and resold all these years later. Okay, and the wrapper corrects that issue. Yeah, yeah, got it. Okay, I mean it's nice that you can trade them on OpenSea, and it's a verified collection. That's pretty nice. Uh, it's by FrankNFT.eth. I'm assuming that's one of the founders of CryptoPunks. I think that would probably be a, a fair assumption. What? Frank.eth? Or excuse me, the founders of Larva Labs? No? I, it was a no. It's community reclaimed. Okay. Well, there you go. I was wrong. Uh, Jesse, <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't think that was that unreasonable of a guess. It's like, Jesus. All right. Anyway, uh, Jesse, you have your hand raised. How's it going? Yeah, I just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm upset because, you know, it seems like uh, so many people think that uh, us traders in the NFT community are just these dudes that are degening. Um, but anyway, I just bought a, couple, a bunch of Saudis and some Asians and some Japs. And I, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, just, you know, because they were trending. Yeah, and I, you know, I tried to buy some Nigerians, but the, the link was bad. I guess it's just <laughs> oh, I, guess. I don't know. But just this is no, no just, I want you know I want to stake my juice you know I want the juice to work for me obviously <laughs> and I want to get some Africans and some Argentinians but anyway I have no idea why these normies think we're so out of touch and that and that you know uh, and NFTs are just a scam and uh, and 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 not going to go anywhere I'm completely clueless yeah so I feel like a victim. <laughs> Kicks, uh, was there something you wanted to add to that? Yeah, apologies for uh, my ADD kicked in talking over him. I don't know if it's a joke or not, but I literally saw on Twitter this morning when I was waking up that someone's making like the Jews version of the Saudis. And I'm like, yeah, oh, I saw God, that was yesterday. That was dude. That I was saw a horrible, the Greeks. horrible project. I saw horrible the Greeks project. yesterday. Yeah, definitely no, a joke. No definitely a joke. And there was even the Japs, which was I think I think that's our cultural low in NFT. So no, maybe the, maybe the, the Jews screwed up, man. Like their Discord is full of like bots, and their Twitter page is all botted out. It's so messed up. Like don't even bother. Straight well, up, that's the alpha. Primitive ever. Well, newsflash: all of this shit is botted. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, oh, breaking news. Bre- breaking uh, you're news. telling me that a project called The Jews, which is uh, <laughs> offensive to some people, I'm sure, 
uh, was uh, is not going to succeed long term. I'm shocked. Um, I mean, it, at some point they're going to just make it more and more like uh, th- this is like borderline, you know. Um, it, but it's it's, it's going to get someone's going to inevitably push the, push the line here. Um, but the fact that the Saudis are still trending, dude, I didn't realize when I was reading people talking about the Saudis, I had the impression that what they were saying was the Saudis just entered the NFT market in a major way and cash is, cash is flooding in and that's what's been causing the NFT market to boom. Needless to say, that was completely wrong and there's a project called the Saudis. I thought there was some like random dude who was like, a Saudi prince tweeting about like his, you know, his purchases <laughs> that, yeah, exactly. That he had bought, uh, but no, instead this was a, a project. So that talk Nick, about you disappointment. It, yeah. You got to dumb it down. You're over here thinking that, you know, middle Eastern oil money, smart, the, some of the smartest money in the world was making an entrance into the NFT space and scooping up crypto punks and fidenzas. It was a, a couple of white guys just being complete I, assholes and botting out a Saudis drop. Uh, that by the way, has already been done on Solana. If I recall correctly. <laughs> oh yeah, it has the pumped. Uh, we had Arab punks for a while too. Those did a 10x. I think I made a decent amount of money on them. It was a good time in the Solana market. Glad you guys are tailing a, a little bit late. Yeah, it's it's a literal identical. It was called Arab punks. What the fuck is this? It's the same thing. Uh, yeah, my my ninja alerts uh, notifications were going off all weekend of people buying and selling the Saudis and the Jews, and I was like, oh, I'm glad that we're in a, a wonderful place in the market right now. Uh, Spencer's had his hand raised. Like, how, what is the Discord? What what is that gonna? Uh, someone was, or I don't. I wasn't uh, paying attention to who said the uh, discords are botted, but like. What what was going to be the conversation going on there being like, all right, guys, let's talk about some alpha in the market. Uh, what we've been observing on a macro level is <laughs> blah, blah. Like, I, I don't know. It's out of control. And apparently it, it like the Saudis has been volatile in terms of price action. Like it pumped yeah. to north of an eat. It pulled- has a floor of 0.77, which is ridiculous. But well, it's, there, yeah. yeah. So- there was a legit project a while ago, the Habibis. But then, yeah, I think this one is... There's a lot of speculation, but most people consider this to be an influencer pump and dump. And then, you know, Farouk ended up somehow getting 10 and selling a bunch of them. So, you know, he somehow he always gets sucked into these and he got under fire. I don't know. I don't know what the full story is there, but this uh, there's a couple like the influencer pump and dump seem like they're they're definitely in full effect. So, so Spencer. So it was interesting about so I was following Saudis really closely yesterday because it's been a while in my mind in the NFT market since we've seen market manipulation done as well as they've done it. Um, and what it looked like was it looked like they botted their own mint and then wash traded a whole bunch of it. So the floor would do dramatic jumps from like, from like 0.6 to like 1 in 0.7, I think might have been the height. But it was really one person buying and selling their own. I think, I mean, it's hard to track exactly, but I think that that was actually one of their own accounts. If you look, the distribution's kind of like really wacky. Um, and then, you know, you should be a little bit careful on Twitter these days because one of the engagement tactics that works really well, there's a couple of groups. So like for those who don't know, there's a couple of groups that do these rug, rug pulls pretty often. Like they'll do like upwards of 40 of them per group and they're really good at it. And this felt like a group that's done this before. But one of the things that's really engaging on Twitter is to give um, influencers whitelist spots and then have Twitter bots post about how it's unfair that influencers got whitelist spots because that's actually some of the most engaged content on all of Twitter. 
And so the playbook they're running, if you look, like they have all this manufactured volume, they were botting their own mints. Then you have like very specific types of like things trending on Twitter about the project. They had that whole thing too, where they, they froze someone's account. And if you were trying to buy them yesterday, there's this really wild period of time where if you tried to buy one of the Saudis that they had frozen, it would throw an, ex- it would throw an error on OpenSea that like cursed you out <laughs> in the error. It was the strangest thing I've ever seen. But it was very, very sophisticated what happened yesterday with that mint. And so I think it's one of those things where we'll see a postmortem in the coming days of it. But the amount of manipulation it takes to get to 4,000 ETH volume in a day is like non-trivial. And if you think that this is like random people at their home doing degen mints, you're, you're super wrong. Like this is a very sophisticated group of people. They know what they're doing and they're very good at it. And it's really fascinating to watch them pull off what they pulled off with this mint. They probably made seven figures like, you know, clean cut. Uh, profit off of this at least uh, between, I mean, look, that volume is insane. There's 6,700 ETH. King Kicks, I know you probably have an opinion on this. What's going on? Yeah, I think Spencer's spot on for that because uh, I think that a, a similar group uh, may have not been like the PXN team themselves, but may have just used the same tactics on PXN. And I think that they also probably learned from Pixelmon because I think Pixelmon uh, botted their own mint to like fake the appearance of a ton of interest. So this kind of stuff I think happens uh, all the time. But um, yeah, I just wanted to call out what like Spencer uh, briefly touched on it. But one of the most interesting things was, and I, I may be butchering this a little bit, but someone figured out how to continue minting the Saudis past like the limit, which was supposed to be five, 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 five. They did something where they basically created a smart contract to mint and it like bypassed some settings on the Saudis. Anyways, they like minted a ton of these and were just dumping them super low at the floor. The uh, Saudi team um, like froze their NFTs from being able to be sold. So then this guy went and just listed all of them for like zero dollars which then like panicked a bunch of people and it went from like above one ETH all the way down to point two, And then a bunch of people bought it up and got it back over um, one yesterday. And my only comment on that entire story is why would you ever buy an NFT where they have the ability and the smart contract to freeze you from making a sale? Like why would <laughs> that's like the complete antithesis of NFTs. Yes, talk about centralized. Uh, we're going to reset real quick here, ladies and gentlemen, and then we're going to keep the conversation going. This is the NFT Morning Show. If this is your first time listening, we do the show Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. EST. I'm P.O. here with my co-host, Nifty Nick, Signal, King Kicks, and Easy Eats Bodega. Uh, shout out to all the speakers on stage. Absolute badasses. If you listen to this show, you're listening for market updates and some horrible takes from me and Nick uh, and some good takes from everybody else. Uh, shout out to our I'm sponsor. I'm offended. <laughs> shout out to our sponsor, FTX. Sign up at thenifty.com slash FTX or with the code thenifty on your FTX mobile app. FTX is buying up failed crypto platforms right now just to spruce them up a little bit and adding features like fractional stock trading to their platform uh, without payment for order flow so your shit ain't getting front run. Uh, check it out. Sign up at thenifty.com slash FTX or with the code thenifty on your FTX mobile app. Micah G, 
you have your hand raised. Then I want to hear from NFT Radio, who's been on stage. He had a comment about the Jews NFT project earlier. Wait, what? See, <laughs> what, else? what type of thing is? I want to turn it over to someone who had an intelligent uh, statement on the Jews NFT project. <laughs> like, what the hell? I couldn't resist. Uh, it's so ridiculous. Uh, Micah G. What is going on? Then we're going to shout out to NFT Radio, who has never been on the show before, uh, Micah G. Yeah, so uh, so I took a break from kicking Easy's ass over on Solana, <laughs> and I and I actually made a trade on Ethereum. I uh, I spent like an hour and a half looking through the other side website, like read every single line of it, and I've decided that the play I'm going to make is Baron Rare Lands. So I'm just going to play off of the land type. And so I've already bought a trippy land. And then I think I'm going to buy a gold land um, and, and like stuff with nothing on them. No codas, no, uh, no artifacts, nothing. Like I don't care what's on the land. It's just the land um, because it feels like the ecosystem is not pricing that in. So compared to all these other plays, um, they've made a lot of points about these NFTs being dynamic and so, like, you'll be able to remove your artifact. You'll be able to remove your coda. All this stuff about the NFT being dynamic. And I think that the NFT community right now is pricing as if they're static. And so if my gold land can later create gold resources, um, suddenly that pricing completely flips. It's the same thing with me being bearish on codas. If your land has a coda on it, it's not truly coda land. It's a piece of land and a coda. And if that costs 21 Ethereum more than a basic land, that means your coda needs to provide in a video game approximately $24,000 worth of value, which is insane for a little creature. Um, at that point, I would just be buying three kennel dogs. So, so, so I, was, I was with you until you said for a little creature? Because that implies that there's any sense being made in all the shit that we're doing. Like, you're like, yeah, for yeah, a little creature, I, we don't fucking know what it is. Well, yeah, you have to have a caveat of, like, all of these bets, if you're buying anything in this ecosystem, your bet is that there's some sort of hype to the project that you can either sell into or you truly like the video game. So you're right. It's like, we don't know what any of this stuff does, but the ability for a video game developer to, de to give your one item, whatever it uh. is, a set amount of value just I don't view it that so way. much harder. I'm just saying you're going to be able to disconnect your coda probably in a month and it's suddenly going to be you with a land and you with a coda. And I have huge skepticism that you will be able to get the 18 Ethereum premium from the coda off of whatever it is. Well, so, why would it why would it just be in the game though? Like is this not viewed as a collectible at that point alongside It can be, but it's the price of two and a half uh kennel dogs who by the way get their own playable character in the metaverse. So when you talk about pricing of these codas, I'm just worried that like stuff like that or stuff like resources, which they mention on the website, many of the resources on your land will also be craftable by other means. So there's multiple reasons to think that paying up for rare for rare resources and items on your land and codas might not pay off in the long run. But the fact is the premium on super rare lands like gold and psychedelic are incredibly low. Like a gold is slightly above the floor if it has nothing on it. So I'm just saying that's my play. I'm not saying follow me into it. But I, from, I a, like that. from a market standpoint of what's being priced in, 
no one's giving the chance that maybe you your land generates resources and so, it's just what you start with is what you're seeing on the nft right now i don't think it's necessary like both of these things could be like codas could end up being worth as much as they're worth and your uh premium mispricing could be accurate as well and so i i don't know like i wouldn't it seems like from the way that they've been discussing the codas is like they're trying to build that into a core piece of branding. I mean, look, on the Other Deeds logo is a coda. And it uh, there was some photo that I think was in their office where they had like a stuffed uh, coda logo, basically, not the actual coda itself. And um, now we see a lot of these three. Fr frankly, my favorite codas are the ones that have been done in uh, the 3D, like by other artists. Um, not the codas themselves, because uh, a lot of them are sort of weird in the sense that like the head contrasts with the body. But uh, outside of that, yeah, I mean, I, I like that thesis. So you're just saying like, look, there's a ton of premium land. When you're talking about gold land, to be clear, th is this five star? Like, are you doing that based on stars or what? No, is it, what no. So the the type of land, which there are two types of each resource that only come on land of that type. So, for example, if you're on the land type, I want to say it's called luster. So it's gold land. There's two resources that will only show up on gold land. Like if you go and filter, there's two types of uh, the like it's like a gold bar and then some other type of gold resource. So the lands themselves, the type of land, uh, whether it's these like gold ones or there's psychedelic ones, these like trippy looking lands. So those are the two of the rarest type of lands outside of the like void ones, which are which are I think there's like 111 of those. And those go for like 100 Ethereum or more. Um, but I'm talking about just like this land type because uh, since there's specific resources related to that land um, and that's where you would build buildings, that's where you would hang out. I think there will be a, uh, like, if it's going to be a flex for people to have rarer lands regardless of the gameplay aspect. Um, and so the fact that they have almost no premium right now over regular lands is just, just feels crazy to me. And I was yeah. triggered by the 875 Ethereum gold ape sale where it's like people are, are paying up right now for, uh, you know, basically flexes. So it just felt like the right time with no one else buying just land for being a rare type well yeah that person also uh had stolen money they were part of celsius no i'm just making that up i have no idea where the money came from but um yeah the the i like the approach i mean there's other land that i see here that seems to be uh that where there's some interesting opportunities as well you can also do based on the uh land id and lower numbers being better um and those don't have a huge premium there's multiple different uh approaches to it but any purchase in this land is purely speculative at this point. So I still think like what you're saying uh, kind of makes sense. And then separately, like if I go buy this plot of land for $10,000, it has nothing on it, but it has a smaller number. Arguably, you could say, yeah, this game needs to give me not, or nine or $10,000 in return. Do I think it's going to do that? And it's hard to argue that that's going to happen unless like... Uh, I'm getting a portion of skins and this becomes the next like Fortnite or something, but who knows? Like I, well, Nick, yeah. I love that you're thinking about it that way. Cause if you, if you think that there's a hundred thousand plots, right. Um, for each plot to get $10,000 back, uh, that would have to be a billion dollars in revenue. And of course, other side or other deeds has to make revenue themselves. 
So that probably means that it needs to generate $3 billion in revenue, um, like coming from players. Um, that's a lot of money. I mean, it, people spend, it is, but people look spend at- $500,000 on, uh, on a mobile game by Diablo with no ex- expectation of getting money back. So the idea that some of that, some of that value will just be uh, you know, clout. Like people are just buying and selling this land and hanging out there. I don't think that we're talking about raw investment numbers when we talk about video game assets. Well, and I'm a landowner too. I mean, don't get me wrong. I have like four other dudes. I'm not trying to fud your bags here. I'm just saying when you do the math on this shit, it doesn't make sense. And Board Ape Yacht Club so far in secondary volume has about $1.2 billion total. Yeah, okay, um, tough guy. Yeah, keep throwing numbers at me. See what happens. <laughs> so I'm, just saying, I'm just saying it doesn't seem completely unreasonable that it ends up doing that sort of uh, return. So I actually don't think... As much as I think it's ludicrous, just from the standpoint that, like, as Pio said, like, what is this space? Like, how, how much is, isn't it crazy how much money is being exchanged just as a whole in the NFT space? There's still some uh, validity to any of this stuff to be able to, like, take a flyer, but you're taking flyers at two, three, four, five, you know, $10,000 and above. And, and it's just not, um, th- that ain't cheap. It's, it's not an in, insignificant amount of money. Yeah, I want to be clear. All of these are bets on other side, which is a very scary bet. But the point of mine is just like it's on the low end of the price points, right? These are three, four K. Yeah, there's almost no premium. You're... So it, there's just less downside, right? Like obviously all this could implode, but at the same time, I'd be saying, well, I'm glad I'm not a Coda owner, right? Everyone else would get wrecked in that situation. But being able to buy it at the bottom with a bunch of upside just feels like an easier bet. I, think I completely that the, agree. Max upside, reduced downside. I think the codas have the price that they have or are fetching the premium that they have because they are a roadmap item. And thus, they uh, are. I think that people expect like an airdrop or something like that. Some sort of, you know, something that will accrue value to codas and either cause a pump or, or something like that. Keep in mind also, there's only 10,000 of them. I want to throw to Mega Coda owner, the first and only crypto punk rapper, uh, and the owner of Gold Rilla Cheetah Gang. Uh, shout out to Spotty Wi Fi. A uh, little intro music for Spotty here. Jesus. You've never thrown this amount of respect on anybody's name, especially me. I, all I get out of my name is disrespect. And here he is, the one and only Spotty Motherfucking Wi We're going to be hitting all time high soon, ladies and gentlemen. Spotty, what's going on, buddy? Wow, man. I didn't even have anything to say. I was just looking for that intro. Um, but no, um, <laughs> well, you got it. <laughs> no, as a as a Coda owner, you know, I I do think that um, Coda owners are expecting that they're going to get a full body avatar for the other side, and I I think that's, um, I, I I mean I'm I'm expecting that. I think most Coda owners are probably expecting that, and I I believe that there's the there's a guy that works for Improbable, which is you know building the other side, and his name is Grimecraft, and he was in a Twitter Spaces where he, I don't I don't know if I can say he expressly said they will have them, but he definitely intimated that they will have them. Like he said something like, "I wish I had a coda, or I want to have a coda because I want to have the most badass avatar, you know, in the metaverse, that sort of thing." So. Um, for, for for what it's worth, you know, they, I, will they be detachable from the land? Yes, I believe that. Um, will they are? Do I think that they're like a a 
I guess, a liability. Um, I guess in as much as they're not, I, I don't think they're great PFPs, but I, I do have high expectations in terms of what they'll bring you in the virtual world, the other side. Maybe they're the top of the actual, you know, the game or whatever you want to call it, this world that they're building. Maybe there's nothing that you would want more than the coda. There's only 10,000 of them. Just like in the NFT space, you know, besides like CryptoPunks, there's probably nothing that you want more than a bored ape in terms of like how badass you are. Maybe they're saying, well, look, apes are obviously insanely badass. Bored apes are bored apes. They're legendary mutants, same deal. But in the other side, it's about the codas. You know, I mean, the, the, well, the codas on the logo. <laughs> even Yeah, the codas on the logo. And then even looking at the trailer that they released, like Bored Apes are dope, right? Bored Apes are the fucking king of NFTs right now. And then what's going on in that trailer? A coda is literally picking up Jimmy the Ape and dragging him around by his collar flying around, you know? So it, I think there's different reasons. And maybe this is all reading too much into too little, but. I think you could make a case, though. Well, I, I, I want to hear from Nick real quick. Apes can't fly. Codas can. There you go. You're going to want to fly around the game. All right, go ahead, Nick. Well, and I was going to say primarily apes stay. They're very static. They stay in one place because they deserve to be carried around in general. Usually uh, it would be via like a parade sort of format um, held on a throne and, and sort of <laughs> uh, brought through you know, wherever they want to go. So I think it's well-deserved that the Kodas would be putting in that work. Uh, but in all legitimacy, if you don't think that there's going to be one more pump on Kodas, like I think you are probably smoking some crack, but <laughs> primarily because the uh, Yuga Labs, uh, they're masters of driving that sort of um, uh, anticipation and hype around something. And they keep mentioning uh, like in the demo that they were doing where they were stress testing something the other day, which to me felt actually, frankly, like they were stress testing existing software. So I didn't see anything board ape specific in that stress test. Um, what, what was uh, interesting to me is that the person there was like, Oh, and what's the Yuga or sorry, not what's the Yuga. What's uh, what's the coda. Uh, we're still all trying to figure it out. And whatever it was, I, I'm sure that there's some, um, you know, big plan in terms of how they execute on this. So I'll be interested to see, um, like, what happens. I, I think a lot of people are interested to see what happens. It's going to be wild to see it play out. Uh, so we got NFT Radio on stage. Don't believe NFT Radio has been on the show before. Looks like you are an owner of a subduck, a gutter dog, a gutter rat, a gutter cat, a mutant ape, a mori, and a gutter pigeon. So you got a nice bag of animal-related PFPs from 2021. You're calling yourself NFT Radio. Are you a competitor to our business, sir? No, not at all. You know what, Pepe? I'm I'm actually a friend. Okay, and that's all he's got here. Thank you. Well, clearly you're familiar with radio shows, so uh, <laughs> what else do you got? Well, you know what, NFT Nick? I have to say, you guys busted my chops because I said, you know what, the Jews Discord was very botted. And I said, yeah, it was completely botted. But you know what? In all fairness, usually there's one or two real people even in a botted Discord. And this time, it was completely botted. And I was like, you know what? L'chaim to life, but I'm out of here. Okay, Did you all just right. come on to say something kind of racist? I don't understand. Like, <laughs> no, Christ. you know why, like, NFT like, Nick? 
You know what? How does your radio is? show exactly? No, like, no, hold on, hold on. The difference between a Jew and a canoe. Okay. All right. We're going to. Hey, can I say something Anyways. real quick? He's gone. I just removed him. <laughs> hey, hold up. Hold up. Can I say something real quick? And I'm not even talking about that collection, but the, there was another collection that Jesse mentioned. Don't let some jackass making a collection with the a racial slur in the title. Don't let that g- give you the feeling that you have the right to, to just come on and, and be and be using that slur because you're talking about a fucking jackass collection and you're making a fucking joke on the morning show. Just keep it to yourself. And that's and that's directed toward anybody, anybody listening. Blake is statement. That's right. Spotty just swatted him like a fly. Get the F out of here. That was weird. Uh, we got we got we got Eddie with his hand raised. I'm sure he's going to say um, something much smarter than the last guy. Go ahead, Eddie. Literally anybody could say something smarter than the last guy. So I don't think you, you got a low bar. Well, uh, I just wanted to like touch on the the other deeds um, in that like I have a friend who's kind of like this is just kind of a tip. Um, if you are fairly heavily invested in other deeds, but also have mostly floors, uh, one of my friends has been going on looks rare and just listing all of them. I think within like, I think it's like 1.3 X the floor, something like that. Um, and for doing that looks rare actually rewards you with tokens. Um, so he gets, I think around like a hundred to $500 or something like that a day in just looks rare tokens that he immediately dumps. Uh, and if any of his other deeds sell, he could just go ahead and place a, an offer and rebuy them at like a lower price anyway. I think in the course of, over the course of the last two months, I think he's made somewhere like twenty to $30,000 just off, wow. like just off of farming this like arbitrage and free looks tokens without at all like caring about the price of the other deeds, um, the other deeds land itself. So just like, I think he has like maybe 10 other deeds land. So it is a higher liquidity type play. But if you just want to hold floors and just want to speculate on the base price, um, this might be a really good way of just like, extracting a little bit more from from your holdings yeah i mean that's oh. like some advanced trading that's like some micah g shit micah what's up i was gonna say i wouldn't do that this week though since the huge catalyst of them actually demoing the game is this week so just realize that like the floor either right if you're buying this week and the floor goes way down because the demo sucks that's a bad play and if the floor goes way up and all your stuff gets eaten because the demo was amazing so like i don't think this is the right week for that play but i do appreciate that as somebody who's trying to play the floor game that uh yeah it might be smart to just be staking in the meantime but you just you don't want to do that around catalyst yeah i mean we're gonna have to see how this plays out i listed uh one of my so i actually listed both of my lands um my coda is been listed at 32 ethereum my other land i noticed had a rare resource and i never really put two and two together on that and the floor uh, or excuse me, my Coda land has a rare resource. So that's why it's priced so high. Hopefully it, I mean, we'll see. We'll just see how it goes. I'm cool with holding it. The other the other land I had did have an artifact that's got like a four ETH floor. Um, I do think that selling above floor is tougher with other deed because of the supply. Uh, but yeah, Jesse just raised his hand. Then I want to throw to ETH lover uh, next, who is also new to the show. Jesse, go ahead. Yeah, I just want to kind of tell a racist joke because anything is better than more other deeds talk. But um, <laughs> no, but what was the follow up on what Spotty was saying? Yeah, for, uh, first of all, the, the Saudis thing was fine. And then we know what happens, right? There's baby Saudis. There's this. In this case, it went to, I think, the second one was the Asians, right? It was just a couple hours later. That was OK. You know, we were getting a bad sign there. 
and then the Jews, and then the worst one was the Japs at the end. So obviously, my joke was, you know, a self-reflective joke at the space. You know, I think I think that was pretty obvious. So don't obviously, come up here, Jesse. Don't yes. come up here and think you can do what I do, guys. I am uncancelable. That's my only, that's my only real, real, real elite skill in life. Okay, so far, yeah. <laughs> so far, I give it two to three more weeks at this Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you know, those guys that can like walk through, you know, like, like, like the desert and then they never hit like a mine because they just like intuitively know that's me. That's me with with uh, racist and sexist jokes. So don't try to do what I do here. OK, that, that's like famous, famous last words. Yeah, totally. You're like sitting in the office and you're like uh, at a conference table with other people. and You're like, all right, people just recognize, you know, I have the unique skill set of saying wildly inappropriate things. And I've never been fired for that. job. What's that? Scissors to, dick. Scissors to dick. I can tell you a joke. <laughs> look, look at you. What, what a monster. Looks like our other person that was new to the show uh, did leave. But we got Illida producer, uh, another, you know, hip hopper on the show. Uh, so we got two badasses here, rapper and producer, Spotty and Illa. Uh, Illa is also an owner of a mutant coda like me. What's going on, Illa? Bullish on the codas. Bullish on the morning show. Bearish on lowbrow racist idiots. <laughs> yep. You know uh, we, we agree. We agree. I mean, people might disagree on the code of thing, but I think the other two things are going to be uh, on board with. Yeah, man. I'm I'm just excited because some, somebody mentioned it. Like, if I think it was Nick. He's like, yo, you're smoking crack if you don't think you're going to have a, a run on codas. Because there's, you know, there's 100,000 plots of land. We all know that. There's 30,000. Um, there's apes and mutants, like 30,000, but there's only 10,000 codas. So to me, that's like, that's going to be the, the, the supply shock, man. Because every once we find out what this what these things do, and I'm sure it's going to be pretty, pretty incredible compared to, you know, everything else in the game, it's going to be madness. So all of us coda holders, I know Nick sold his and for a great profit, and I'm sure he could buy two right now, but... I just feel like we're going to have a crazy run on them things soon. Uh, I mean, I, I definitely look at it and I'm like, do I want to spend $20,000, $25,000? And the, then the question is, is where do you actually want to spend that money? And to me, it's the, the question would be Moonbirds or a Coda. And for me, I'd probably go with the Moonbird, which is slightly more expensive. Um, but that's my that's my play at the moment i i almost considered adding one but it's just like i've put a lot more i i bought that punk i have yet to offset that i may sell a uh, mutant but i'm just sort of waiting um for tax purposes to see if we can make it one year uh and and everything works out well um and then i can sell it and have a, a reduced tax exposure for that um but otherwise i mean it's been Regardless, yeah, hell yeah, bullish on uh, bullish on codas. I'm wondering, is there any um, I like? So we saw uh, these different projects that had come out that were uh, minting that um, that that did well, well, experienced a pump. And now, regardless of even the uh, wash trading that may have triggered this, it was successful. I'm actually surprised that we haven't seen just a, an incredible. Well, we don't know. I haven't done any research on this but a lot more wash trading in the space since it's something that's like subject to that. Well, are, what are you going to say? I was just going to say it's, it's interesting too, because due to the low volumes, wash trading to pump your collection became profitable again. Like it wasn't for a very long time. because there was so much like legitimate volume, but when 
legitimate volume is low, the ability to wash trade a collection, like if you to do a thousand ETH in volume, like you only have to pay two percent of that um, plus whatever gas fees. But it's it's not actually that costly to wash a thousand ETH, right? It's only like again two percent. Well, you could also set up, I mean, yeah, th there's a lot of ways to go about doing it. It's not something I'm a fan of. The crypto space uh, historically was, uh, th th there were plenty of people that could just generate volume for you on your token. Um, so if you had some shit coin, essentially, you could have guaranteed volume, uh, but and you just paid a fee for that, wh whatever the cost was of them uh, going back and forth. Um, it, that's a higher liquidity uh, space, but you can do the exact same. I mean, regardless, you don't need liquidity for wash trading. And I think um, once if, if it works at generating volume, I'm sure there's plenty of people that have made successful trades on things like the Saudis. I don't I'm not very active in those, but I'm wondering, is there anything else that like there's great anticipation of at the moment? And also um, Wagme United uh, is now. So I thought that those were PFPs, but they're not. Apparently, those are. Uh, it's just an ERC eleven fifty five token. And the uh, what? What did that? What did that mint at? Is what I'm wondering. I think it was point two. So point, it's up fifty percent. Oh, okay. So it's down. Interesting. So it minted at point three five, and it's down at point two nine nine. Is there anything that has? Like people excited at the moment for that, that we're actually looking forward to on a minting uh, basis. I guess today is Jenkins the valet. I don't know. Like, uh, yeah, it has to be a real project. I mean, I cannot believe Cool Man. Like, that was like, even in this space, that was like crypto negligence to think that they could get away with doing a point. I think it was point one nine originally their derivative or whatever you want to call it their their secondary project in this market, and then they had to drop it to point oh nine. Um, you have to have a real project like wag me. That was like a lot of people were anticipating that that was a build up 0.35. But yeah, I don't I, I mean, everything I'm looking at personally is is the old stuff, whatever it is, whatever you like out there, cartons, Shinsei, punks, whatever you can afford. I'm looking in the quality old stuff. I haven't minted anything in a long time. And wag me United did not mint out. So oh, there you go. It didn't. There's 5000 of them. Was Were there supposed to be more? No, well, there's there was 12k in total, and I think at least look, I'm looking on over 9,652 right now. Oh shit! Yeah. Okay, you I know mean, what? Still, I'm... they pulled in four million dollars, so they still won. But so it I was looks still, like they lost. yeah, I was kind of interested. I was just like, I wonder how the team's gonna be. So that team's playing in preseason though, and they just tied a like team that's two levels above them. So the play here, a hundred percent, is not the NFT it might be betting on that team to be promoted this year because you get like eight to one odds. So if you were to take that 350 bucks, you could get about $3,000. Is so that like, actually it, a bet you can place right now? Yes. So that's a live <laughs> bet. I think it tweeted about it, but they're 800, uh, yeah, um, whatever, plus 800 to be promoted, which is four out of 24 teams. So uh, they, they bought a bunch of people. Like they're using that money. They're buying up an expensive team. Um, and they, I mean, they're, they're playing well, at least in this preseason game. So if you're, if you truly want to follow soccer, buying their NFT and getting a Jersey that doesn't even have the team's logo on it just feels stupid to me. And it really feels like Crawley town is intentionally just mentioning nothing about Wagme United. They're distancing themselves. So like, it doesn't really feel like 
it feels like you're just financing a team in the background and they're trying to be like, here, you can have a cute little NFT. Thanks for giving us money for a football team. But uh, they're not actually integrating with the NFT community that much. So to me, if you're in it for an investment and you want to follow Crawley Town, uh, 100% the play is just to bet on Crawley Town. Where can I are, place that bet? Uh, I mean, you have to go to like one of those European sites like, I don't know, like Betfred or uh, – whatever the other ones are but i don't know just just google uh division or league two uh odds and you'll see um yeah places to place them i love how we're just like you know go to the source if you want to gamble just literally place a bet on the team like i'm not uh, saying it's not saying it's a good bet but they're gonna have way more money for players than they usually have like so yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree with you, Micah. So we got a new speaker. I don't believe they've been on this show before. Uncommon Sense got the Bitcoin banner. Says that you are a cryptoverse savant, an NFT investor, and a research analyst. Uh, so what are you researching, buddy? We love uh, people that are actually doing legit research on this show. What's going on? Yo, what's up, guys? Uh, that was that, That's more or less like a bull market uh, savant explanation <laughs> stuff. That's... That's no longer in play uh, on the forefront. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. But um, actually, you guys pivoted as soon as I got up here. I was trying to kind of comment with uh, the other side stuff. So um, and artifacts. That's where I was trying to pick your guys' brain um, in the Coda Talk because I kind of got lucky. I picked up a very rare artifact initially, and I was kind of in between on what to do with it because – all the talk was CODAs um, originally, and there was only 50 of these artifacts, and I was kind of just sitting on it, waiting for some sort of alpha tease to come through. But, you know, they've been kind of hush-hush on everything, and, and really the only thing that came out had uh, the pitch deck mainly was CODAs. So I don't know what you guys think about some of these artifacts that are, you know, like the top 100, top 50 uh, artifacts. Uh, I'd like to hear what you guys thought on those well look we we could we could fill the time on this show five days a week just talking about other deed speculation because there's so much to it um i do want to kind of you know shift the conversation away from that a little bit all yeah. i know is I, I would look at what the artifacts are being priced at and keep in mind i'm literally like basically trying to do the same thing or or like trying to actually sell a floor other deed that has an artifact and it's not moving when it's priced, I think, at floor for that artifact. So at the end of the day, there are a lot of these things and you have to price them at an attractive price if you're if you're looking to find a buyer. I'd be curious if you're paying attention to anything else in the NFT space besides uh, other deed. Um, you know, if you're if you're researching, yeah, what's going on? Yeah, I mean, I'm I really scale back. I mean, everybody has, you know, has for the most part. Um, I'm, I didn't get crazy uh, as soon as we we really started diving down. You know, I pretty much clamped up and focused on whatever I had, which was mostly the the PA uh, ecosystem. You know, I've been in psychedelics since the since the initial mint. Um, they're doing a lot of interesting things. You know, I don't really hear that get talked uh, or touched on much on your guys show um but psych psychedelics anonymous um are doing some really interesting things as far as what they're trying to do on their platform um building uh for you know like a web three uh mental health platform where you know anyone can go and seek uh help if they need it which is kind of interesting you know as soon as we dive down the bear market 
Um, but they just they're 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 kind of in the in the early stages of building this platform. Um, that's where I'm kind of focused on. But um, that's NFT wise. I'm I, I'm pretty much in the macro sense uh, right now. I've been doing the macro stuff for about six months um, and seeing where we're heading as far as you know real estate and all that kind of stuff. But I don't I don't know if you guys really want to go there on this show right now. Do you think that we've already seen bottom in the crypto markets, or do you think we have bottom incoming? No, I don't. Um, I've been in the stance that we still have a ways to go. Um, I know that's kind of been beat uh, pretty hard, um, but all my metrics, all the stuff that I've been um, researching as far as uh, macro standpoint is that we still have a lot of ugliness to go. I think it's very clear. I, I don't understand besides um, opium right now um, why People are in a rush uh, to, to get back into certain things. I mean, obviously, anything Yuga right now is, you know, an obvious play just because they just dominate the market. Um, traders are always going to trade. They're going to find their ins and outs. But as far as macro goes, I mean, we real estate wise is just really starting to nosedive. Um, you know, there's been more than enough indicators for that for the last uh, four to six months. Um, it's things are really heating up. You're starting to see a lot of metrics show how bad the real estate market is about to get um, stock wise. I don't think we're close to bottoming stock wise. I think we still have a bit to go. Um, I don't understand why people are still trying to fight the feds argument. Um, they're literally telling you um, it's down only for at least through the end of the year. Um, all the metrics show that, um, and people are still talking about pivots and, you know, and then we bottomed already. I mean, it just, it's, it's, it's very obvious where we're going and at least until the end of the year or close to the end of the year, um, we have a ways to go. Now, are we going to get uh, a similar relief rally like in 18, um, where we kind of have this V shoot up? Um, I don't know. I'd like to look at the chart and say, yeah, sure. We, it, it looks like we have a nice um, relief coming, but at the same time, I'm not really holding my breath for it. Um, this is a totally different atmosphere of what we had in 18. You know, I think a lot of the narratives um, have been already been talked about. I don't know if everyone else is yeah. in some of the other spaces, but you know, we were in a macro bull market, all those, you know, all those bear markets that we've had leading up to here and, um, it, this is just a different animal. Um, All right. Well, I, you're, you're you're bearish. You think we haven't seen bottom, and you don't anticipate the Federal Reserve to pivot like some people are anticipating they may by Q4. Uh, it sounds like you also don't think that the rate hikes are priced in. You know, through the end of the year. Uh, well, thanks for joining us, buddy. And yeah, shout out Psychedelics Anonymous. We don't talk about it on the show that much, but it is a notable project in the NFT space. Would love to have Voltura come on uh, the YouTube show or the Twitter show sometime to talk to him. I was going to throw to Spotty, but Nifty. Nick just raised his hand. What's going on, Nick? Yeah, screw you, Spotty. Uh, <laughs> I, I, um, I, I didn't need to go first, but the only thing I was just going to add is uh, what's really interesting to see and what we were discussing earlier is the thing that uh, should not be underemphasized is the fact that when ETH is going sideways, which it has been, and we, we had time to reconcile from the previous devastation, so you saw uh, it drop from what 1800 all the way down to 
you know, 800 or 900. I think that crash basically sort of um, uh, threw uh, the market off for a period of time. But now this bull run that we have, it still continues to follow this, the same thesis, which is if it goes sideways for a bit, then that's really bullish for the NFT market, which makes me really excited that, uh, you know, a lot of people have said uh, we could have an, even a crypto, I guess it was Crypto Kaleo that came on, was talking about a rounded bottom and just taking time for that to, to happen. I'm, I'm down for, like, it seems like it, it doesn't matter what the price of ETH is, as long as we get sideways action um, for an extended period of time, then NFTs can be in a great place. As long as we continue this, like, aggressive uh, bear market and we keep seeing just, uh, you know, significant capitulation, it's harder for the market to operate in that environment. So uh, it'll... Only time will tell whether or not, you know, we see another leg down, which, a lot, you know, it seems like the majority of people are expecting at some point. Um, but all we need in the NFT space is for it to go sideways. And then we see a lot of uh, interesting action. And to be clear, the volume as a whole on NFTs has not uh, changed all that much in recent weeks. So it feels more like there's a little bit of an uptick. But um off of the bottom, I mean, I guess if you say like one day it was down to on uh, July 2nd, it was 11 million or 12 million. It hit 21 million um, two days ago. Uh, so I think that you could argue that it's up, it's up some um, and we, we're seeing floor prices, but it seems like that's all accumulating to the best projects. And I guess the Saudis and some degenments, but mostly but that to, was manipulated like, uh, like Spencer yeah, said. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see um how this pans out but i i just couldn't be more bullish on the nft space as a whole as a result of this um and uh, i'm looking forward i mean maybe we have another crash and then I, that's when i think we're gonna see a lot of accumulation in the nft space at that point yeah i mean you know if there is another tr uh, crash i do think that we see the nft space crash with it that seems to be what happens uh during moments of like big volatility i've been very aggressive with dollar cost averaging crypto assets like bitcoin and ethereum but haven't been aggressive in the nft space the nft space is so unforgiving and uh, i've been sheepish but clearly people on stage micah uh kicks other people have been i know ben's been making some trades uh people have, and nick fucking bought a punk at the perfect time um so people are, are out here winning nick also bought a hearst at the perfect time so uh every once in a while when you see nick make a move it's probably a good time to do it you gotta have a little bit of a bankroll but yeah anyway spotty and patience and and de definite what? fucking patience uh, hey so um, i have um i have a play that is mincing right now that uh do your own research whoa but um yeah, for real. Yo, let's fucking go. You remember when we used to do we this on to, this show? This used to happen. Hell yeah, yeah you remember this? Deep sea jellies. Let's, let's go. go. There used to be things to buy. Spotty, give us something. <laughs> All right. Like, for real. The funny thing is, I'm never the guy with, like, any alpha. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. But, so there's a, there's a project called Cloud Yachts. Cloud, C-L-O-U-D, Yachts. Yeah, you can check them out on Twitter or cloudyachts.io. Um, I know just enough to be dangerous but basically you know i live in miami and this project i think on their twitter says that they're based in miami i have a friend that's local here who is very active in the nft scene i'm not going to say his name because i don't want to say i don't want to like blow up his spot because i don't know if this is like 
I don't know if he was supposed to share this, but he shared on a Twitter space a few nights ago, super late night, that uh, Denison Yachts is somehow affiliated with or uh, or the founders or, or, or behind this project. I'll just say affiliated with to not like overreach. Um, but you could check out Denison Yachts. They're a big player. Um, my criticism of this drop is like they don't tell you, they don't really tell you what you're getting when you mint. Um, but, you know, in, in terms of they don't quantify like you're going to get to go to this many yacht parties or you're going to get this this many experiences per year or whatever. But um, that seems to be the gist that I get from the site. If you go to cloudyachts.io, is you mint and you get some experience, you get some um, access to some sort of yacht parties. There's different tiers, different things you can mint. Um, and the, the entry level one is only 0.05. And there's like almost 250 still available to mint. Um, I haven't seen it like hyped up. I haven't seen people talking about it. So if you're in the area in South Florida, or if you know people in the area, it could be something to look into. Dude, I'm going to fly down to come on a yacht party, baby, for .05 ETH. Uh, <laughs> feels cheap. Feels sign cheap. me up. Um, and unfortunately, it doesn't include the flight down there, but let's get it. Let's get it. Um, all right. Well, we are at time, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I see Eddie and, and Illa. We'll, we'll wrap uh, with those two. Eddie, you've been raising your hand for a while. What's going on? Yeah, I'll make it quick. By the way, Spotty, I did end up minting, minting two of those at that time during that space. We'll see if they're you know worth anything in the future. Regardless, the two that I wanted to to mention, um, one on ETH Table Land. Like I've been tracking them for a while. I I'm not super hyper technical, but I know the proof guys have spoken with them. Um, I know that they're a legit project. I know that they're actually doing some pretty cool stuff. Um, I think it's something like the MySQL of metadata for NFTs. And they're making a fungible. So I'm tracking them. That's one. That's uh, table land. And then the other that I'm paying attention to um, on Soul is the Duppies Mint, which will be like the um, yes. second second collection from the D-Gods, which is their most famous collection on Soul. So those are essentially the only two um, upcoming mints that I have really any any tabs on at the moment. All right. A little upcoming action from Eddie Easy. Do you approve of that Duppies Mint? One thousand percent. We don't fade, Frank. Is it a? How do you get it? Like you just have to be at the computer uh, at that time, or no? This is like there's a bunch of different ways from like buying dust. There's a whole like breakdown of how to do it uh, or owning a D God, but it's it's very focused on rewarding existing holders. So it's most likely going to be a secondary play for anyone who's not already a thousand Solana deep into the D Gods project. Okay, uh, Illa. Any closing thoughts? Yeah, I don't know if I'm like one of the only people, but I haven't minted anything since NFT NYC. I think I've been, I've been, I've been really focusing on, on, on crypto, which is weird because when I got an NFTs last August, I shut down all my crypto like trading. Like I didn't give a fuck about it. I was having too much fun in NFTs. But now it's switched back to where my eyes are just steady focused on the crypto market trying to get a good entry. So I probably missed it, but did you guys talk about where you think things are going in the short to midterm on, with ETH and Bitcoin? So we actually didn't do any TA today. We didn't lean on Nick or any of the other uh, TA What the experts. hell, dude? Yeah, I feel like I was slighted there, and I appreciate Illa, <laughs> Illa like actually the recognition there that like, hey, we skipped the, the best part of the show when Nick talks about technical. So really, <laughs> thank you for that. 
Uh, we will definitely dive into it tomorrow. I mean, we had this one gentleman uh, who's not on stage anymore say that he is bearish for the rest of the year. He thinks that we have not seen bottom. I'm like you, Ella. I'm just buying you know, these assets, and the, the price just feels good. And if it goes down lower, I'll just keep buying them. Um, it is nice. You, know, you kind of get uh, conditioned when it comes to conviction, where now when I buy like Bitcoin or, or Ethereum, for example, the level of conviction is just orders of magnitude higher than really any NFT asset. Obviously, there are like the, those kind of pillars in NFTs like Bored Apes and CryptoPunks and some of the fine art plays. Uh, but it's hard to have that same conviction when you look at NFT projects compared to you know a 13-year asset like Bitcoin that's literally programmed to go up. Um, so I've been operating like you have been. I just let Gentle Tornado on stage uh, to send us off. It's Monday and I wanted everybody to have a kick-ass week and everybody to not have a case of the Mondays. Uh, tornado, what's <laughs> going on yes. <laughs> what the fuck yes fuck mondays we're fucking riding hard doesn't matter what fucking day of the week nifty portal stand the fuck up you got legends in the fucking show kicks ben signal spotty ill ilda Proust, jesse spencer eddie michael come on we're fucking riding like get the fuck up get out go do your shit Hug someone, love someone, spread joy, kindness. We're fucking riding through this bear like a bunch of motherfucking bulls. So keep doing you and buy a portal. That's what I'm talking about. Shout out to Tornado. Uh, this show happens Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. The Market and Discussion Show. Buy our NFT. It's pinned to the top. Check out our other content. Here's Spotty and Bun B, Underground Kings. See you guys.